is the only podcast hosted by actors who perform the internet live on stage. And if you couldn't hear the air quotes around the term actors, believe me, they were there. And now, here are your digital Sherpas, Allison Goldberg and Jennifer Jamula. Welcome to Two Girls, One Podcast. I'm Jen Jamula. I'm Allie Goldberg. And we are the creators of a show called Blogologs in which we perform internet material on stage. Everyone always asks us, where can I see you online? You can't. It's, it's live. Sad. It's a live show. It's a live show. Although we're working on some on- online things, but this is it's a true. live show we've been doing for a few years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we'll take Reddit threads, Craigslist posts, all kinds of nonsense, and we will perform it word for word, but we'll come up with interesting characters and scenarios. So this show is NSFW. I'm just going to throw that out there. If you don't know what that stands for, Google it right now. If you don't know what that stands for, like <laughs> this might be, this might not be the show for you. That's true. But anyway, so we've spent a lot of time on the internet, mm-hmm. and we decided, why don't we make a podcast where we interview the people behind the posts, That's the right. real, actual people. So that was a long-winded way to say that this is what we're going to do today. Yeah. Uh-huh. And every day that we're recording this. So. So yeah, there's like someone else uh, in the room. Hey, guys. Hey, what's up? Who is Who are you? I, uh, I'm your producer. Oh, God. Do you have a name? <laughs> why would you ask? His name's Matt. Peter. Oh. Steven. It's, it's Dave, Josh. John. We've met. Oh, We've met. We have met. I'm, I'm good with faces, but not with names. <laughs> I'm trying to black it out. I'm mad I plug in all the wires. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's done. Okay. I'm digging this new mic setup today. They don't know that. <laughs> but we have a new setup, guys. Yeah, I got you guys mics because previously making the show, we were just shouting. We were shouting into a tin can. across long distances. With it's some true. string, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was in one house, Jenna was in another. Yeah, I had no voice for like a year. Yeah, so it wasn't as efficient. Yep. Anyway, today we have a really interesting episode. Speaking of past and future and yeah, all the is, times. Yeah, this mm-hmm. is uh, actually... This guy over here told us this is like an old school internet phenomenon when right. we found it. So I'm sort of curious about how that. it's pronounced because I don't even know. Well, Matt, how is it pronounced? I mean, I'm assuming it's pronounced Raelians. But here's the thing, guys. Raelians. It's R-A-E with the two dots over it. Uh, L-I-A-N-S. So it might be Raelians. Raelians. Yeah, Raelians. Raelians. Did it Ra-elians. start Ra-elians. in... Wouldn't that be great if he was like, um, you guys are mispronouncing it. It's ra- <laughs> It's fine. It's a click language. There's nothing wrong with click That's languages. True. Didn't it start in Europe? Or am I misremembering? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Actually, the founder French? was French. A French. So how would you say? So it's ra- But there's aliens. no umlaut in French. Ra- aliens. Ra- aliens. It's like You speak some French. How would you say ra- aliens? That's not ra- aliens. There you go. That's how you say it. We're going to speak to ra- a ra- aliens. Okay. But it's a religion. Yeah. What I read on Wikipedia is a source of all knowledge. What mm. I read on Wikipedia is that um, they believe that aliens created people and then sometimes they come down to visit us in human form. So like Jesus, Moses, all those dudes mm-hmm. from the other religions 
were just aliens right. who were coming to visit us. So I think it sounds like there's like they believe in Jesus, but I guess like Jesus was an alien. So they believe in a lot of the stuff from all the religions. Mm-hmm. And apparently, well, there is going to be a second coming, some sort of judgment day when people come back from the dead and they're judged for you know how they live their lives. But there is a huge cloning element. Yeah, to I this think it's something about too. like getting eternal life or whatever. Mm, I want to know, Matt, what was what, what did you know about the aliens back in the day when you guys first sent it to me? It reminded me that I have seen the website before. I I've okay. seen it before, I've read about it before, but years ago, maybe 10, maybe 15 years ago, meaning like earlier internet mm-hmm. times, the okay. aliens were, were still big. When the internet was a baby, mm-hmm. <laughs> a wee babe, there were aliens. Interesting. So it was like the main website for becoming a and learning about it. And it looked almost the same as it does, it does today. now. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Nice. I <laughs> I think we could offer the web, the uh, aliens, some affordable web design. Yeah, <laughs> services. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, but do you, wait. Do they have human? Oh my money? god! What? I'm gonna ask him yeah. if we can interview one of the aliens. Hello. I yeah. actually, I hope that this guy's pronunciation is correct because if it's pronounced Raelian, it rhymes with alien. It sounds like what it is. Aliens are about alien. Yeah, don't do that when we talk to him. <laughs> yeah, let's take um, that all again where I don't do that. But, okay, so aliens. <laughs> I feel like we've talked about aliens quite a bit on this podcast. Right, because I have a fear of aliens. Exactly. I mean, not really. I actually think I gave up my fear of aliens when I moved to New York City because I was like, yeah. oh, there's nowhere for them to land. Yeah. Wait, I forget. Have you thought that you've been abducted or you thought you were getting abducted? No. Okay. I'm not that crazy. Because I did. I just... I Go did. on. Well, I told you last year I had like this supernatural <laughs> experience at home and while I was visiting my family in Pennsylvania. And while it was happening, there was a moment when I thought mm, if maybe I'm being abducted. What is this supernatural <laughs> experience you speak of? I had a really weird dream that everybody I saw turned We're into We're losing a, credibility I know, in a minute. I know. Okay, I had a really going. weird dream. I was sleeping in my mom's house. Everybody I knew was a demon. And they were all talking about this time of night when something really crazy was going to happen. The dream got scary 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 and i woke up at the scariest moment and it was that time that they'd been talking about in the dream my phone lit up nobody it was calling the outside security lights went on the wind was blowing i'm not kidding and i heard laughter outside so someone was having a good time at 2 a.m in like the woods of pennsylvania it was very m night Shyamalan. so did you think you were about to get signs Well, I was pretty sure I've never had a supernatural experience. I was like, oh, this is I'm probably still dreaming. Uh And then I thought maybe it's aliens was my second thought. (laughs) Third thought was ghost. And then I. And what's your conclusion? Stayed awake till the dawn. I'm going to say trespassers. I'm going to say it was the wind and a bad dream. Okay. Yeah. The the coincidences are less and less credible because you were in a state of dreaming right. and could have been still dreaming or delirious. I think I was still dreaming, yeah, but I heard children's laughter. Children like laughing. <laughs> Why would they be? There were no children. At 2 a.m. At 2 a.m. in my mother's house. The, the strangest yeah. part to me is mm-hmm. that you feel that you woke up at the time when that, the they were talking about talking in the dream. About. And that could either just be you, you misremembering it in mm-hmm. a weird way, or like we all have internal clocks. So right. like there are, if you say I'm waking up at 6 a.m. and you don't set an alarm, but yeah. you set it in your brain, like people can then. I have wake a really good internal up. clock too. Like I'll guess what time it is, and totally. it's correct at the minute. Yep. Yeah, 
I'm so, not going to do it right now, but yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm not, I don't have ghosts or aliens coming out of that story. Okay, okay, good. Okay, well, I mean, I knew I wasn't abducted, but it did cross my mind. That, so, that it was about to happen. That it could, I was like, if it ex- if aliens exist, maybe this is the moment I find out. Right. Mm-hmm. See, in the movies and also like on all those shows or whatever, you know, with the crop circles, they're right. always landing in fields. Right, that's so true. Open spaces. My fear is I get abducted, have mm-hmm. a traumatic experience, I come back and tell everyone nobody believes me. Mm. But that's only going to happen if you live in a field. Right. So when I moved to New York, I knew that I was going to be fine. Right. Aliens can travel hundreds of millions of light years, but then they get to New York and they're like, oh, fuck, no parking. I know. Yeah. <laughs> they just hover. But also, they take the real estate up in the also, sky. But also, like, you know, there's so many people just even on my block. They're going to zoom me out of my window. Yeah. I mean, I feel that way generally in New York. Like, nothing's going to happen to me. There's so many people in Just my building. statistically, there are so many humans. I know. Like, nobody's going to break into this apartment. But actually, it's humans that are assholes, right? Like, we're the ones That's that assume that when aliens come to Earth, they're going to be assholes who, like, anally probe us. Mm-hmm. They could be super nice and kind. Right. We are the assholes who, if we go to another planet, mm-hmm. we're going to be anally probing the shit out of them if they have anuses. Do you think that's true? Why would we do that? Because, come on. We're obsessed with... Anuses. People are always doing this. Like, people are just assholes. They're Mm -hmm. always fucking with other people's shit and Mm -hmm. personal space. Mm -hmm. So it would really be the humans that would go to another planet and fuck with them and do weird experiments. Yeah. And this has happened throughout human history. We have done experiments on our own people. Yeah, So why wouldn't we as a collective then go do it to another species? Right. But the idea that they would do it to us, I mean, they could be like a freaking avatar. Mm -hmm. Really kind Mother Nature. Right. Wait, is that the movie? Avatar? Yeah. Wait, oh, what? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. then I was thinking an avatar is an avatar on oh. a computer. And I was like, wait, isn't that the My movie as well? exploded. <laughs> that movie was cool. Profile pictures. The movie. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But really, Stop seemed talking. chill. They seem like, uh, like the, peace the, the, loving. the it's peace loving mm-hmm. mission. Said, like a feminist, mm-hmm. pro-sex, sex positive. That's the term. Mm-hmm. How did that come out of <laughs> Aliens? Sex positivity? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's all those anal probes. Like, you're just like, yes. Oh, that's you say fair. yes. Yeah. Yes and. <laughs> <laughs> the yes and orgy. For the improv orgy. <laughs> Don't steal our idea. We're doing an improv orgy. Well, oh. on that note. Yeah. We need to take a break. Okay. So quickly. Yeah, that yeah. happens. So yeah. flies. But first, today's trivia. Ooh. Oh, right. You know what's crazy? I genuinely forgot that one. Me coming. too. Me and too. And the last few times we've recorded, too. Yeah, I know. Like, oh, I love it when the surprise is right. I'm You're not so faking. excited. You're not faking that. No faking here. I can't act. <laughs> okay. You guys know Hotmail, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's that Hotmail. <laughs> yeah. Did you have Hotmail accounts? Uh, gotta, no, I never did. You I gotta did. drop that mail like it's hot. Yeah. Hotmail. Mm-hmm. Did you? Really? That should have been their jingle. Do you ever have a Hotmail account? <laughs> nope. <laughs> Actually, yeah. I wish I could go back into my old email, right? I guess I had like AOL as a kid. Oh my God, and then, I would love to see my Then I got emails. a college email, which I really wish I could go through so badly. All right, nobody had a Hotmail. I was a Yahoo guy. Okay. Too. I didn't have Hotmail. Oh, right, but, trivia. But <laughs> Surprise where, again. <laughs> the trivia of the day is where did Hotmail get its name? What is the significance of Hotmail? And it is a very internet centric name. Okay. Well, I feel like my mom recently used the term Hotlink. <laughs> oh, are I, you close? So I feel like it's it? like when something's clickable. It okay. was cons- it was called like Hot. Mm-hmm. 
That's okay. my guess. That's a good guess. Any guesses? I'm reminded that I'm terrible at trivia and no one should ever have me on their trivia team. People are always like, oh, it's trivia night at the bar. Are you coming? I'm like, no. <laughs> I don't want everyone getting mad at me. Oh, I love trivia, but I'm not good at it. Yeah. I'm terrible at it. Mm-hmm. I feel like that was a good It's just guess. for funsies. There's no prizes here. <laughs> I'm so nervous. <laughs> There's a lot of wires, and the wires get heated in order to send the mail. Boom. Great guess. <laughs> we're going to we're gonna have the real answer, which is probably that, after it's the break. It's definitely that. When we're podcasting, we spend a lot of time in a cold, dark room. Why is it cold and dark? Well, it's cold because Matt likes to keep us on our toes. Jeez, Matt. And um, it's dark because we meet all of our male suitors in the dark. Just kidding. I'm, I'm talking about interview guests. Anyway, the point is that... My name is Jen, and I am vitamin and supplement deficient. You might think I'm deficient in all sorts of other ways. Totally fine. I get it. It's your opinion. But keep it to yourself. If you want to tell me, tweet it at me at Junebugger. Otherwise, what I'm talking about right now, guys, are vitamins and supplements. Now, you might be asking, Jen, can't you just get your vitamins from food? Well, who eats food anymore, right? I'm a working woman in her 30s in Manhattan, and I can survive on breath strips and espresso, no problem. I don't need food. Seriously, chill out, guys. But also, seriously, vitamins don't replace food, so you're going to need some food, too. Please eat. And speaking of that, I know you ate pizza again last night because I did, too. So we're also, you and I, we need vitamins. There's a company out there called Care of that will ship your vitamins to you. That's right. You don't have to go into a GNC and worry that you're going to ask for that B52 vitamin again. You can avoid that embarrassment altogether. Just go to takecareof.com and they will ask you questions about your health and diet goals. And then they're going to recommend the best supplements for you. Then they'll send the monthly shipments of personalized vitamin packs to you. Totally personalized, guys. It's, it's like an LL Bean backpack monogram that you can eat. Seriously, the- this is my dream. It's coming true. And you can make your dreams come true too by going to takecareof.com and taking the quiz. It's a quiz, I know. Don't worry, I got your back. To get your personalized vitamin recommendation, then use the offer code 2G1P, that's the number two, number one, to get 50% off your first month of care of. That sounds so awesome, and I hope you're doing it right now. That's now your real advertisement entitled, I Need a Jesus Christ for a Sweet Sixteen in Midtown. This one's written by an actual human person on the website craigslist.org. My daughter's Sweet Sixteen is in five weeks from Friday. She is a huge film buff. Her favorite movie of all time is Passion of the Christ. And I want to surprise her with someone dressed as Christ to dance with her after she does the 16 candles. We are holding the party at a well-known club in New York City. Please get back to me ASAP with four to five sentences on why this is for you. And a picture of you dressed as Jesus Christ. And we are back. Yeah. Allie, did you have a sweet 16? No. (laughs) Did you? No, I don't think I did. I don't remember what I did for my 16th birthday. My mom was like, Jews, don't do that. Really? Although I know some Jews that did it. So I don't know what she's talking about. But I didn't have a sweet 16. Did you have a sweet 16, Matt? I did. You really? (laughs) Jesus was there. (laughs) Did you have a bat mitzvah? I had a bat mitzvah. Hmm. Mm -hmm. She had a mitzvah. What was that? (laughs) Oh, you told me a really funny story recently about your, your teeth. Oh, yeah. Before my bat mitzvah, my mom was like, you're getting your braces off. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm so excited. I got my braces off. I'm so excited. Don't cry because it's going and somewhere bad. And then right after the bat mitzvah, 
conveniently, it turned out I needed braces again. And it only took me to like last year to realize that my mother took my braces off for my bat mitzvah. I can't believe she didn't tell you. Like, I don't know. Maybe I'm an idiot where like I didn't put it together. But but it was it was presented to me as, oh, it's time to get your braces off. And mm. I was thrilled. Although looking back at the pictures, my teeth are janky as hell. There's oh, no, no way it was time. And then, you know, a couple months later, it was time to put them back on. What licensed orthodontist so authorized this? Right. Yo, in Pikesville, Maryland, I think that's happening all the time. <laughs> it's so silly. So silly. All right. You guys want to know the trivia answer? Yes, please. Yeah. The question was... Hotmail. Hotmail. Mm-hmm. Where did Why hot, is it so hot? Why is it so hot? <laughs> Where did Hotmail get its name? Yeah. And the answer is HTML. Oh! That's so smart. Now I feel like a stupid. Like somewhere in my brain I already knew the answer to that, but it just wasn't coming. Yeah. Hotmail. It's a puzzle. Uh-huh. For HTML. those who don't know, HTML is the markup language for everything you look at on the web. That is correct. Oh, that's really cute. That's really cute. That makes me really Hotmail. respect them more. It should still be a thing. I mean, I know it's I kind of... I want to rename our Sorry, show something <laughs> clever like that. Yeah. Like we call it like Hot Top. HTTP. Hot Top. <laughs> and then like ick and parentheses. Like Hot Topic. No. No. Oh, just Hot Top? <laughs> I was just filling in some mouths. That's good. I like that. Hot Top. Hot Top Top. <laughs> that sounds theatrical. You want to know my, my biggest pet peeve? What's that? When people or businesses give out their website and they're like, okay, you go to HTTP. You're like, no, colon. <laughs> colon. Pretty sure I also <laughs> don't need to do that. W-W-W. Still go there. Yeah. Do they always have that accent when it happens? Yeah, that's, yeah, most yeah. of them. Uh-huh. Yeah, actually, whenever I imitate my mother, she has this like Long Island kind of Jewish accent and then people meet her and she doesn't at all. She does not. And they're like, why do you imitate your mother like that? And I'm like, because that is her soul. Do you know what I mean? And like other other Jews get it. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because my mother like is such a stereotype of a Jewish mother. Mm-hmm. She's going to listen to this and be so upset. But I, I stand by it. <laughs> yeah. She's such a stereotype of a Jewish mother yeah. that like, this is who she is, even yeah. though she doesn't have this accent. Yeah. Does she give out website addresses like Matt was saying? <laughs> no. Okay. My mother's pretty good with the internet. Yeah. She got really into online shopping. Oh. But she still does some things. Well, when she first got started, she was like, I can't minimize it. <laughs> she has one of those laptops that's also a touch screen yeah. so now if she's like near my computer she starts basically just fucking hitting the screen and yeah. I'm like it is not a touch screen yeah you can't do that yeah I was with like an 86 year old woman the other day who had an iPad mini she was swiping away I was like this is so was she on Tinder what do you mean she was cool. swiping <laughs> maybe I don't she know maybe that's what she was doing Tinder. you know her age range is 85 to 90 there's something to be said for it being intuitive because you grew up doing it like having to learn later is harder it is harder but I also yeah. feel like if you have your the mindset that you can learn it and you want to learn it and you will learn it like I exactly. think I think we have this vicious cycle like I know it does yeah. get harder when you get older but I think it gets harder and so then we yeah as a society <laughs> kind of yeah. like throw up our hands like oh we're, I'm old I can't figure it out but, but right. also computers are easier you know? to your point about the 89 mm-hmm. year old with the iPad it's yeah. like iPad is swiping and touching we've been right. doing ever all humans have been doing that whereas if True. you grew if you're 80 years old in the 90s it's mm-hmm. like you got to use a DOS prompt or something that's <laughs> very hard to yeah, figure out that's yeah. true that's true it's getting more seamless mm-hmm. that's why we need to learn how to use snapchat not that i think that that's going to be something we're going to continue <laughs> I love to use snapchat. For do you snap people are you still I just sending like those, doing fake face vagina? <laughs> those fake vagina oh i like to send fake porn on snapchat <laughs> so because you know everyone's like especially when it first got started it was like snapchats for kids sending selfies i know so i i liked to take photos of my fully clothed crotch and like write really nasty and then things put an next arrow to it 
in between my legs like, and hey, write baby. vagina. <laughs> so I like to send fake porn on Snapchat. And mm-hmm. then also uh, face swap is super fun. That's cool. So everybody follow Allie Gold. What is it? I think it's Allie Gold 84. I don't use it that often. Like there's mm-hmm. just too many things to do. Mm-hmm. Snapchat's but if really fun though. Yeah. It's, it's a fun. lot of fun. Do you want me to send you <clears throat> fake vagina photos? Yes, please. Okay. So mm-hmm. I'm also going to send you a shot of my butt mm-hmm. in jeans and mm-hmm. just write asshole on it. <laughs> Uh, Matt, who do you snap with? I, so I, you know, I have my YouTube channel separate mm-hmm. from this whole thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have a little bit of audience. So I send a lot of snaps of the kids oh, doing silly stuff. And it's really fun cool. to string because like the kid, kids are wacky. So they're just yeah. saying weird stuff. And then right. I string it together. You use a filter. You cut their faces out, stick yeah. stickers on them. And it just becomes like this comedy fever dream of parenthood right and that's really funny to me yeah and also we have a couple followers there that are like we love you it's so funny all right well we gotta get to uh we have our guests on the line (gasps) now it is time to speak with today's guest and we're really excited because he's on the line right now he is an important member of the Raelian community and his name is felix clairvoyant welcome felix well, thank you for having me on. It's a pleasure to be here. Felix, I have a really important question to kick us off. We have only ever read about this on the internet, and we're not sure how to pronounce it. Is it Raelian? That's absolutely correct, yeah. Oh, all right. Okay. The, the root of the word Raelian is the same as uh, Israel, you know? So Rael oh. is the person who founded the organization uh, back in 1974, and his name is Rael. He's our spiritual teacher. A lot of our listeners are going to have no idea what this is. So That's could true. you start by just giving us your brief overview of what Raelianism is? Uh, the Raelian Movement is a non-profit international organization or spiritual organization, if you will. It really began in 1973 after a Frenchman who was then a, a sports car journalist and who was later given the name Rael had a physical uh, encounter with uh, an extraterrestrial human being or being from another civilization. It was a, a physical face-to-face encounter, not a dream, not an illusion. This encounter lasted one hour for six consecutive days and uh, during which he was given a, a vital uh, message to spread around the world uh, explaining the genesis of life on earth essentially and explains how we were scientifically and deliberately created by an advanced race of human beings coming from another planet. These human beings uh, are uh, referred to as Elohim in the original Hebrew Bible. This is not a word that we created, it's in the Bible. Over the ages, the word Elohim, which is plural and means uh, those who came from the sky, was mistranslated to the singular word God. And this is how the uh, notion of a singular God uh, evolved throughout our history. They did not create the universe, they just created life on Earth and scientifically engineered all life, starting with simple organisms, plants, animals, and eventually they created human beings in their own image, as written in the Bible in Genesis 1.26. So, uh, Rael was given this message to spread around the world. The goal is not to recruit, convince, or convert anyone, but just to spread the information in anticipation, if you will, for the uh, return, the official return of these uh, extraterrestrials who will come back with all the prophets who started the major religions to prove what they did a long time ago. 
Wow. That's a mouthful, eh? Okay. <laughs> it is. I have, quite so simple, many I have so many questions. questions. I, okay. Okay. Yeah. So you you use the word uh, deliberately. They were scientifically and deliberately created uh, humans. Um, so for what purpose? At first, it was simply an experiment. Uh, you know, they lived on a planet at a, at a time before they even knew the true genesis of their own creation. And when they received the message that they were scientifically created by a more advanced race of human beings, then that's when their technology started evolving. They discovered DNA, and then they started creating life. They eventually were able to travel in space and then discovered the Earth, uh, on which uh, they found that life uh, would be sustainable. And they started their experimentation, and it was just an experiment. And uh, here we are today to talk about it. <laughs> So the idea is that basically everything in the Bible is true, that Elohim and Raelianism are explaining how these events occurred. Is that sort of a correct-ish summary? That's not far off, I would say, from the mark. Um, Rael, I want to stress, is only here to bring a message of demystification. Uh, because since 1945, our humanity entered a new era. You know, after the explosion of the atomic bomb over Hiroshima and Nagasaki, we entered the age of science, if you will. Uh, a lot of UFO sightings have been recorded near nuclear test sites. Uh, and this is the Elohim basically being very concerned with what we can do with our own technology. Our goal is to prepare humanity for their official return. But none of that is going to happen, obviously, if we blow ourselves up, right? Uh, we have to spread a, me a message of peace, uh, love, consciousness, so that eventually uh, we can uh, eliminate all the uh, nuclear uh, arsenal that exists on, on this planet. So the aliens who made us, they did not intend for us to be such assholes. <laughs> is that true? They were like, here's the planet. We're going to do some experiments. We're going to create some life. Now, you guys be good to each other. See you. Bye-bye. And then they left, and we all became assholes. I, lo I love oh. it. I love that, it, Ali. That's, but if that's they, really... That's, is that right? That's so they awesome. didn't... I love it. No, it's, yeah. it's true. You know, they came... Uh, at, there was a time when the Elohim interacted with humans. You can find, you know, uh, statements alluding to this in, in pretty much every scripture uh, of the world, how the sky people came here, you know, and mingled with humans. And eventually... Uh, they left, departed for their world, uh, leaving us to progress on our own until the day when we're capable of understanding who they are in relation to us and how it was possible for them to have created life thanks to our understanding of science. But they're letting us grow, make our own mistakes. The earth is like their garden, if you will. I don't think they're going to allow a few nut jobs around the world to press the button so that everybody pays the price. If we were created in the Elohim image, is it thought that maybe they've faced violence on their own planet as well? At one point uh, in, their, in their human evolution, yes, uh, violence existed. And I want to stress that with their 25,000 years scientifically advanced on us, and 25,000 years, I don't know if you know, that's many years. Uh, we're talking 250 centuries. And if you just take a, a, a person from a century ago, bring them to this society, this world today, they'll just be 
uh, absolutely lost, right? So we can't really imagine what a society that is uh, 25,000 years more scientifically advanced on us, what, the, the, the ability, what they can do technologically. So who created the Elohim? A more advanced race of human beings coming from another planet. Who created them? And more advanced, and it goes on and on ad infinitum. So we will create uh, a human being, and then the same thing will happen again. We can use technology for the benefit of mankind or misuse it and self-destruct. Are you saying that the Elohim were created by other Elohim who were created by other Elohim who were created by other Elohim and we just can't trace it back? That is correct. There is no beginning, there is no end in an infinite universe. If you uh, take a few steps back and look at the big picture, it's a cyclical process of, of creation, destruction, creation, destruction that has been uh, perpetually uh, throughout our universe. So we were reading on Wikipedia, I know a very, very legit source there. <laughs> we were reading that Jesus and Moses and all the other prophets are Elohim who came to visit. Is that right? Well, they're not Elohim because Elohim means those who came from the sky. So we're not saying Rael is the only prophet. There were about 40 prophets throughout our history, men and women. Oh, I like that. Some women too. That's nice. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And so these prophets were uh, chosen and educated by the Elohim to deliver a message ah. appropriate to the level uh, of the time, right, uh, that they came. Uh, Jesus, for instance, who was the fruit of the union of uh, a, a terrestrial woman, Mary, and an extraterrestrial human being. Oh, okay. This idea of immaculate conception does, you know, we live in the scientific era. I you? never really thought that made sense. That never made sense. Yeah. Oh, I don't know how I got pregnant. You know how you got exactly. pregnant. Okay. So Jesus uh, came here to bring a message of demystification of, of the biblical Genesis. He was here basically because there was no science at the time. He was here to perform miracles. Miracles are differences in levels of technology of any given civilization. Today, for instance, if you go to certain parts of Africa and you perform uh, CPR and uh, brought someone back to life, they would think of you as a god, right? I think my iPhone is a miracle, really. I yeah, mean, I no can kidding. open up Google Maps, <laughs> type in anything, and boom, it tells me where it is. It's magic. What happens or is thought to happen on Judgment Day? The Elohim explained that from the time you're conceived until the time you die, all the actions that you contribute to society, whether positive or negative, are recorded. You're, you're, you undergo an evaluation. If you've done more good than bad in your life, uh, they give you uh, eternal life on their planet, which is called the planet of eternal life and what's poetically called heaven in the Bible. So what I'm trying to say is that after you die, nothing happens unless science intervenes to make something happen. And by that I mean un unless there's a, an intervention by a highly intelligent and sophisticated society that has mastered uh, DNA and genetic engineering. Wait, I'm so confused. Let me give you a very simple example as a former molecular biologist. Say, for instance, that uh, that person is terminally ill, cancer, death is, is unavoidable, but you had the technology to recreate that same person using one cell of that person's body. Are you going to take a cancer cell or a normal healthy cell? A healthy, a healthy cell. cell. A healthy cell. So if you apply this concept to our humanity, the Elohim, when they recreate 
uh, a human being, whether Raelian or not, by the way, because there are good people in every religion, right? Every walks of life. When they recreate that person, they're not going to take the, the, the person who's committed atrocious crimes, who's done evil all, all their lives. They're not going to give that person uh, life on, on their planet. They're going to take people who have done only good and who have helped other, others uh, around them. How do they take them? They don't take them. Uh, what happens is that their technology is 25,000 years uh, more scientifically advanced, that they're able to sample uh, a DNA or the genetic code of an individual uh, through uh, advanced quantum physics, if you will, because every human being vibrates a distinct frequency, right? Wait, this sounds like a full-time job for them, though, because they have to track every single human. And if anyone dies, they got to go check them out, see what they think of them, and then use their, their super technology to get a cell to recreate on their planet. Well, Facebook helps a lot with that, with the tracking part. That's true. But <laughs> yeah. seriously, how do they do that? I know, it's a lot of tracking. Well, you know, you mentioned full-time job, and I have to laugh because on their planet, there's no work. Oh, it's automated. It's, it's, it's automated. automated. Yes, it's automated. Because on their mm. planet, there's no work, there's no disease, there's no violence, there's no money. Science really is at the service of human beings. And we're talking nanotechnology, robotics, artificial intelligence, uh, genetic engineering. Uh, we wouldn't be able to understand what's going on if we were able to teleport ourselves you know, to their planet right now. But it's a, a life where they can live, uh, uh, on average, a thousand years, right? And using advanced human cloning technology coupled with accelerated growth uh, process, uh, they recreate themselves uh, in a new body with their pre-existing pre existing knowledge of what they have learned, you know, throughout their their life. So when I get old, I transfer my knowledge to a younger, hotter body. That is exactly cool. it. What about overpopulation? Uh, excellent question. Because like, if nobody's dying, but presumably they're still procreating. Right. There's two planets. There's a planet of the Elo uh, of the Elohim, and there's a planet of the Eternals, where people live eternally. Ah. So those who actually uh, are recreated on the planet of the Eternals have to agree not to uh, reproduce, but just to be an Eternal. So there's a planet of the Elohim. Earth, and then a planet for eternal life. And on the eternal life planet, the Elohim and the Earth people are chilling together. Correct. The Earth people are not no longer Earth people. There are only a few people who have been uh, selected throughout our humanity to be uh, deserving of uh, uh, scientific resurrection. As far as the number, I don't know exactly. Maybe uh, early on in, in our humanity, there was one person every century, because as you alluded to Ali earlier... We're assholes. We're messed up, we're assholes, we're violent and everything. So at first, it was not uh, easy to uh, extract you know, good people from this uh, mess. But uh, we're still in a messy situation, by the way. But I think that the, the awareness and consciousness is definitely greater than it was, uh, you know, millennia ago. And uh, there's definitely more people deserving of this uh, scientific resurrection on, on the planet of the Eternals. Are you hoping that you'll be selected for scientific resurrection? I am not taking anything for granted. <laughs> I, am hoping, I am hoping that through my positive actions, you know, of love and peace and understanding that uh, I will have done enough after my life to be deserving of uh, uh, scientific recreation on, on their planet, for sure.
will you take us with you? Because, like, I am not going to be selected. <laughs> like, I'm just thinking back, and uh, there's just no well, way. Uh, You're a good personality. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I'll, I'll be sure to come yeah, and we'll take you. Hold, hold your head. Yeah. <laughs> so we read a bit about some practices and beliefs, and you mentioned meditation as being important in the community. We also read a, a lot about sex positivity. We were wondering if you could just talk about a few of the beliefs and practices that Reliance have. The principal tenet of the Raelian philosophy is, uh, I would say, sensual meditation. It's a technique that teaches us how to increase our awareness through our senses. Everything we do, if we don't do it to gain pleasure from, from this, then we shouldn't do it. Oh, I like that. I love that. Because the, the only way we can stimulate our senses is through pleasure, right? Whether we watch a sunset, smell a flower, uh, you know, hug a tree, uh, whether we eat good food, you know, it's a sensual experience, right? When you learn to sharpen your senses and be more sensitive to your environment through sensual meditation, then you're able to increase your awareness of not only yourself, but the world. Uh, sexuality is, is obviously one aspect, you know, of sensual meditation because sex, sexuality does the body good, right? Sex is good. <laughs> and so, you know, we are against any teachings that emphasize shame, guilt, it's a positive thing. Uh, the, the most beautiful thing, actually, is responsible uh, sex, safe sex, respectful sex. You know, the, the, the church, the religious institutions, has, has always tried to promote this uh, separation between body and mind. You know, whatever is carnal pleasure is, should be viewed as a sin. You should only function from the, the neck up and forget about the body. And there's so much condemnation, uh, you know, against uh, sexual lifestyle, homosexuality, masturbation. If there was indeed a God that existed and was against masturbation, don't you think he, would, he she, or it would have created us with shorter arms? <laughs> Did you mention that you were a molecular biologist? I was indeed, yes. Okay, so I have that question combined with another question, which is I want to hear about that and the seven years during which you found out about the movement and then became a member. Thank you very much for this question. Uh, I grew up uh, with very open parents. I have two other brothers, and we never really were told to go to church on Sundays or to believe in God or believe in this and that. We, it was pretty much a, a free upbringing, and I'm really grateful to my parents for that. And then in 1982, when I came across this, uh, the rally message, I was still a little bit uh, on my guard, if you will, because I was afraid I might lose my individuality by becoming a member of a group, right? And then in 1989, I, was already, uh, I already graduated uh, as a molecular biologist. I read Royal's book and I attended the Happiness Academy or a spiritual uh, retreat and I listened to Royal and I thought wow makes a lot of sense because up until that point I also rejected Darwinism can you believe it yeah why you know when you understand how we work biologically how the cellular mechanisms work in harmony in our body I could not attribute this to randomness or accidental evolution through millions, millions, millions of years. To give you an image, it's like taking all the components of a watch, uh, 
putting these components in a bag and shaking the bag for I don't know how many years, to, and then eventually reaching into the bag and pulling out a perfectly working watch. I mean, it doesn't work that way. So everything works in, in, in harmony, and I think there's, an, and I don't think, I'm convinced that there's intelligent design in the way we, we were created. Uh, but not intelligent design by a god, but by an advanced civilization who, uh, that has mastered uh, DNA and genetic, genetic engineering and uh, who created us in their image, like the Bible says. So when there are UFO sightings, you were saying there were a lot after, I forget what time period you said. 1945. In the 50s? Uh, are those all Elohim? Are they all from the same place? coming to check on us? You know, uh, all I can say is that the earth is the Elohim's garden, okay? So they protect it. Uh, it's possible we may be visited by a civilization that is not from the Elohim, but at the same time, uh, according to what they told Rael, uh, that civilization has to go through the Elohim before uh, they come here. So how do you think the Elohim are preventing other extraterrestrials from coming and abducting people? Because, like, someone could break into my apartment, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want them to, but they could because, again, people are assholes. There is a cosmic law in the universe which says that any time a civilization is able to leave their planet to travel in space, it also means that they have mastered their aggression and they have uh, conquered their ability to use their technology for the good of their civilization. And each time a civilization is not able to master their aggression, they eventually self-destruct. So only those who travel in space are automatically peaceful. This is why right now we live in extraordinary times, ladies. We have a major situation in the sense that we have thousands of nuclear weapons. We have enough weapons right now to destroy the life on Earth, you know, uh, hundreds of times over. Yeah, the Elohim need to intervene soon before we all blow ourselves up. I, I think about that every day, Ali. For sure, they've been observing from a distance. And uh, as I mentioned, they're not going to allow a few nut jobs, you know, to press the nuclear uh, code. Like Trump? <laughs> no. Sorry, time no out. <laughs> but the Elohim, I don't think, will allow that to happen. So there's no reason to fear, Ali. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> How large is the Raelian community worldwide, would you say? Well, I would say roughly around 90,000, uh, which is not very many when you, uh, when you think about it. It started in 1974, uh, but it goes to show that you definitely have to be a free thinker, you know, to be part of it. Some people read Rael's book and say, hey, I've been thinking along those lines all my life. I want to help Rael accomplish his mission, and, and this is it. So, Felix, this podcast really looks at uh, the internet and how people can meet through the internet and communities form. So we were just curious how the internet has influenced the reeling community and perhaps allowed it to grow. Oh, it's marvelous. You know, social media, media has been instrumental in shifting our strategies of diffusion of, of the message, of the Raelian message, if you will. Facebook has uh, definitely been uh, instrumental. We have our, our, our online meditation uh, meetings. We also have our, our group meetings uh, that we do online uh, to evaluate uh, you know, how we can improve the spreading of this uh, so important message for humanity. Well, I have about 4,879 more questions, <laughs> but we're out of time, which makes me so so True. sad. Oh, ladies, I want to do it again. Yeah. <laughs> I know. 
You are wonderful. <laughs> yeah. But I guess if you could sum up all of religion in an hour, that would be weird. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, there's a lot of questions. I'm grateful for this uh, opportunity, really. It's been a great experience. It always is when I have a chance to spread this uh, message. It's part of my passions. I get super excited when uh, when people are ready to listen. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. Imagine, in 28 years, there's been so much sarc- sarcasm. I've been ridiculed more than once because uh, this new idea can be threatening to the status quo of thinking. And I want to really thank you for giving me the, uh, this opportunity. I think you ladies are super cool. I mean, <laughs> We're pretty it, cool. It's, been, uh, <laughs> pretty it's cool. been a while since I enjoyed uh, such an interview. And now the actual product description for vegan lip balm. A thing you can buy with money on the e-commerce website, Amazon.com. Every time you eat bacon, don't you wish you could taste that cured meat flavor all day long? Well, now you can. Just carry around a tube of this bacon lip balm, and you can keep your lips moist and meaty around the clock. Warning! Your lips will smell like bacon, but they are not bacon. Do not bite your lips. Each tube is two and a half inches long with a twist bottom dispenser. And we're back. I I don't know if I would buy it. Matt, would you buy that product? I love bacon. Why are we always knocking the sponsors? I know. The day we come to this studio in the morning and there's bacon waiting for us is going to be the happiest day of my life. (laughs) (laughs) I serve. Our producer's like, God damn it, you needy bitches. (laughs) I serve the talent food Mm -hmm. in the morning. Mm -hmm. Usually it's like, you know. A bowl of Cheerios. Breadcrumbs. Breadcrumbs. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I mean, I'm kidding. Just some like applewood smoked bacon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bacon, 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 bacon. Actually, I have a story mm-hmm. about bacon. What? So they were doing this reality TV cooking show where you could submit the idea of your dreams. And if they loved the idea, you would have like something crazy, like 24 hours to like make this restaurant. Okay. And see make if it was a whole successful. restaurant? Yeah, it was something Whoa. nuts where it was like, how could you do that in 24 hours? Yeah. Maybe it was longer than 24, but it was something ridiculous. Sounds like a reality show. Yeah, it yeah. was a reality show. I can't so, even make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich in 24 yeah, hours. Yeah, now, like still looking so for the peanut me butter. So me and my friend, my friend Anna and I, we went down there. She, I was still a vagabond at the time. She like told her law job that she like would be back in a second. <laughs> and we went and we pitched... Bacon, bacon. Bacon, bacon. What's the concept? An all-bacon restaurant, which obviously is a genius concept. And also, New York is really into its restaurants are like one thing, right? There's like the rice pudding place. Right. There's always like... But why do you have to say... There's dough now. I know. It's such a thing. Why do you have to say it twice? Bacon, bacon. Because bacon, bacon. What? But like what? (laughs) No, but also B-A-K-I-N. Oh, we're bacon, bacon? Yeah. That's so smart. It's so genius. And the thing is... They said no, and honestly, I wasn't even upset. I was incensed. I was like, these people are idiots because obviously this would be a huge hit. And then a few years later, now there are restaurants that do just bacon, and they are Mm -hmm. apparently they're all pretty successful because wait, just bacon? Like that's all they serve? Well, every single dish has has something with bacon is cooked with some kind of bacon. Right. I just feel like. It's a no-brainer genius. Yeah, like the know. fact that this didn't already exist. Mm-hmm. If if I was heading up that reality TV show and yeah. someone was like, "I got not, I got an idea for you. One word, bacon." I'd yeah. be like, "Sold." Yeah. 
Like, I don't, I think it is so obvious. It's obvious, I know. I mean, everyone knows that bacon is delicious. Right. Is there also the bacon and beer festival? I know, I know. Um, oh, people should be paying us for all this product placement. I know, seriously. I almost ah. don't want to share this idea, but I learned how to bake bread this summer, and I learned how to make focaccia. I know, I tasted you, it. Is that how you say that word? I think so. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a lot of clicks and umlauts in it. Um, but I wanted to open like an all focaccia restaurant because it was like the one product idea. But I can't think of a good name and maybe you guys can help me. <laughs> Would it be like Kashia? Would it be folk? Would it be, uh, be focaccia? It'd be like fuck that folk. <laughs> That's what you'd call it. What it just, could go wrong? Like terrible names coming out of that word. Fucking focaccia. Yeah. That's what it would be. Fogaccia. Fogaccia. Don't fogaccia focaccia. <laughs> That's what it is. That's our tagline. Don't fogaccia focaccia. <laughs> that is the restaurant. All right, done. I'm doing We're it. We're giving away so All many ideas, ideas that people are going to steal, oh. like the yes and orgy. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to say it again. Anyway, guys, forget about that stuff. Okay. Here, here's my idea. Yeah. Uber, mm-hmm. but for focaccia. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Uber for orgies. Oh, I was like, I'm pretty sure that already exists. <laughs> that definitely exists. Actually, what if there was like an Uber pool service? Mm-hmm. Orgy. But you had to fuck whoever you're pulling with. <laughs> That's a game show like- or yeah. a startup. It's like ca- Cash Cab, but for fucking. Yeah, <laughs> ca- Cash Cab for fucking. <laughs> like oh i hope i get matched with someone good today yeah that's gotta have a really good name though too and you can't cancel the ride you Mm -hmm. know what i mean so and then there's a tinder aspect where you swipe right yeah on the on the driver that you want no totally random totally random (laughs) you select uber pool yeah can't cancel the ride Mm -hmm. you're paired with some other people that happen to be going the same direction as you (laughs) on your way you You gotta fuck yeah You know why? Because sex positivity. Exactly. <laughs> Bringing it back around. So I think we agree. I think we're on the same page that there was a lot that really made sense about what we were talking you know, about that really honestly, struck a chord. A lot of it made a lot more sense than Christianity, Judaism, all the major religions. A lot of that made more sense. Mm-hmm. The only thing that really stuck out for me that I wanted to ask him more about, but we just ran out of time, yeah. was the evolution thing. Right. Because... I'm not a scientist. Yeah, you're not? Um, I'm not. Okay. Although I did go on a few dates with an evolutionary biologist, <laughs> which really? basically makes facts. me a scientist. He had great stories. He had fun facts, yeah. And I just think that uh, from what I know about evolution, not that it's so much, mm-hmm. his analogy, it didn't work. Like it, mm-hmm. evolution isn't just like you pull out random parts. Evolution mm-hmm. is like this species dies out because it can't survive because of its ability to camouflage or this or that. And so the survival traits over a long, Mm -hmm. long, long time get, you know, Mm -hmm. they get, you guys know what I'm saying. My mind's just like totally (laughs) lost with this really thing. But like the the traits that survive, survive. It's it's natural selection. Randomness is an important part of evolution, but it is not, it is the only piece that people who don't believe in evolution mm-hmm. fixate on and it's only really one half of it so the, to your point natural selection is the is the pressure that chooses the trait the randomly generated traits that are beneficial for survival or not so i was i was i agree with jen that a lot of it made sense because a technologically superior tech uh, civilization is what we should aspire to be but that that also that is compatible with evolution. So right, the, the dismissal right. of evolution was disappointing, but everything yeah. else was very 
Right. Well, yeah, as a scientist, you think you'd be all about evolution because also you could argue that these Elohim came down, created life, and life evolved past the sure. initial creation. That's what I was expecting to yeah, hear. Yeah, so that was sort of incongruous. But there's also just so much in evolution where you see like the male and female evolving and counter-evolving together and blah, blah, blah. Like I'm going to tell you a crazy story that I learned from the evolutionary biologist, duck dick. Oh, yeah. Okay, so the ducks would rape the female ducks. And so the ducks, the female vagina... The duck vagina, the duck vag, the duck box. Oh, sorry. I'll stop. The duck box <laughs> developed all these twists and turns to prevent the duck dick from getting in. The duck dick counter-evolved, and duck dick now has twists and turns. Once again, any facts, I'm using hand quotes, that you hear Alison Goldberg say on Two Girls, One Podcast, don't write me angry email about how I'm wrong, okay? Just go Google it and just know that I'm just repeating a story that I heard. My point is that these things have evolved and counter-evolved, and so mm-hmm. the idea that it's just totally, it just, I don't know. Yeah. So that, but who knows? We only talked to him for an hour, like, if we could have right. talked. It would I know, great I want to ask him more. And, and hear more about that, yeah. He was so kind and open and rolling with the jokes, you know, didn't get offended mm-hmm. over anything, just yeah. explained it. And again, I mean, most of it made a shocking amount of sense. I wasn't I agree. expecting it to make as much sense as it did, but I was yeah. like, yeah, that adds up. <laughs> and Matt, I just wanted to say, you just talked way too much. I wanted to remind you that, yeah. uh, that the name of the show is Two Girls, One Podcast. And- so shut the fuck up. <laughs> Nobody asked for your opinion. But that was amazing. And you know what else? I just, I don't care what he has to say. Uh, you know, they were all about peace and love. You know what I really liked was And this- gender equality. And gender equality. Matt. Yeah, and sex positivity um i really like the sensual meditation and i wanted to ask more about that how do you actually sensually meditate i had so many more questions yeah. but we just we didn't i mean mm-hmm. should we we should have an episode two just about we should have a mm-hmm. Raelian Raelian sequel two. yeah <laughs> i'm calling it out Raelian sequel Ra- it out now Raelian's the return <laughs> yes ali um illuminate us on where we can find you on the twitters on the Twitters, mm-hmm. I can be found at at Allie Gold, A-L-L-I-G-O-L-D. Cool. I can be found at at Junebugger, J-O-O-N-B-U-G-G-E-R. If you want to email us, you can contact us at 2G1podcast at gmail.com. Maybe we'll interview you. If you want to be interviewed, reach out. But also, if you just have questions and concerns, we would love to read them on the show. Yeah, things you want to talk about. And if you would like to call us and leave us a voicemail. On we the might, telephone. On the real phone. We might play it here on this podcast. So if you want to do that, call us at 347-871-6548. That number again, 347-871-6LIT. Tell us a story. We want to hear from you. Yeah. And subscribe to us wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, guys. SoundCloud, Google, iTunes. Where, else, where do you guys listen to your favorite podcast? Where are you listening this to your podcast, This is the Matt? only <laughs> podcast. This is the only podcast. It's true. So download it. Download it to your brain. And we'll see you next time. Two Girls, One Podcast is created with free voice synthesizers. I mean, hosted by Allison Goldberg and Jennifer Jamula. And is recorded and edited by Matt Silverman in a cesspool of human filth that National Geographic refers to as New York City. This show is a production of The Daily Dot, the number one source for in-depth reporting about life on the www.internet. Production assistance is provided by thepodglomerate.com. Subscribe to Two Girls, One Podcast wherever you get your favorite podcasts or your least favorite podcasts. We're probably there, too. And if you enjoy the show, tell your friends, both of them. Great news!
You can listen to new episodes of Two Girls, One Podcast one week early. What is this sorcery? Just download the free TuneIn app and fire up Two, two Girls, Girls, One Podcast to get fresh episodes one week before your loser friends. <laughs> your friends are so lame for being one week behind. I know, right? Wait, what's the catch? There's no catch. TuneIn lets you listen to awesome podcasts. Like ours. One week before anywhere else. Absolutely free. Whoa, dude. The next episode of the show is probably already there. Yo, this is some freaky time traveling shit. I'm going to listen to next week's show so I can find out what we're going to say. Technology is weird. The Podglomerate. A sonic universe. And you can keep your lips moist and... <laughs> to dance with her after she does a 16 candles. Mm-hmm. I fucked that up. <laughs>